This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. I also would like to thank Southeast Lyman Training Center. It is a premier school for line worker training. SLTC produces an elite group of highly trained and certified graduates equipped with the knowledge, discipline, and ability to have successful careers in the electrical utility and communications industries. Learn more at lineworker.com. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This has been created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Today, our special guest is none other than Sarah Rainin. She is a proud line wife, married for 15 years with no children or pets. Sarah has spent the last decade on the road with her rambling lineman husband, Spanky. Spanky and Sarah live out of their fifth wheel and go where the work is usually is. Okay, mostly in Northern California. Since 2009, Spanky and Sarah have been to 40 countries. Sarah studied journalism at Washington State University. And let's see, she was inspired by her husband and the freedom the line trade offers. Sarah is passionate about teaching young people that a college degree is not, only, is not the only path towards success. Sarah is also the creator and author of the Tiny Tradesman book, Light Up the World, a book that introduces children to line work. Welcome to the show up, Sarah. Hi. Thanks for having <laughs> me. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm so happy that you're able to come on here. You know what I mean? We, we discussed earlier how, you know, you were not feeling the greatest, you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> glad to have you on. Yes, I'll, I will survive and prevail. <laughs> absolutely uh can, can i have you tell our audience a little bit about your childhood as you remember it sarah if you don't mind sure um my childhood was awesome um i spent a lot of time making forts in the woods and playing sports um i was kind of a tomboy digging in the dirt for like potato bugs and worms and everything but um also pretty girly at the same time um you know i liked putting on fashion shows after my grandma took me to uh to kmart shopping and uh, theme dressing for television shows. Like I would go throw on my uh, bathing suit when Baywatch was on and uh, throw on this like evening gown when uh, the um, 10 commandments came around at Easter time. Um, Yeah. And my parents, uh, we, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, um, but I knew that my parents loved each other. And now that's something that I realize is um, more important than having a nice house or nice things. Um, but that was kind of hard for me. Like in, when I got to high school at that level, I was a little bit embarrassed about where I lived and not having all the things. Do you think that that was more along the lines of just, uh, seeing friends have stuff that you didn't have? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's always hard. I mean, just as a kid, you're, I mean, especially now you're always comparing yourselves to others. That tends to be, um, something we do. And, now I know a good saying that says the comparison is the thief of joy. So mm-hmm. I realize that now, but, um, yeah, it was just kind of tough. I mean, I had a small single wide mobile home that I grew up in 800 square feet. So, um, needless to say, it's easy to live in an RV now because <laughs> I'm used mm-hmm. to living in small spaces. Um, but yeah, it totally prepared me for this lifestyle. And I didn't realize that that's, that's what I was being prepared for, but here I am. <laughs> yeah. Life has a funny way of just doing that you know what i mean if you look at all if you look at all those small details you'll see that the that there's there's more to it you know what i mean it's there's Mm -hmm. a a grand scheme to everything you know yeah yep definitely what are some of the earliest childhood memories you have of your father if you don't mind 
Um, my dad is, um, super active. And so, uh, he's always been a runner and I grew up like riding my bike alongside him. Um, mm. cause I was too slow to keep up with him when I was really little legs weren't quite long enough. Um, and then as soon as I got a little older, I would run with him and he would kind of like do laps and circle back to me, and, mm. you know, just like, so I could keep up. And then finally we got to the point, you know, where we're running together and, and now I'm faster than him, but, uh, he still, he still has a lot of miles on me. He's like, you know, mid sixties and he'll run like a hundred miles in a month. I'm like, you're crazy dad. Um, but yeah, so, you know, really active. Um, he taught me how to play a bunch of different sports. I was really into like softball and tennis. Um, and you know, every Sunday I was at Sunday school church, and then we went to church softball practice right after that. Um, I wasn't allowed to play on the team, but they let me start practicing when I was like seven. Mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't actually play till I was like 13. It was torture. Um, and then we would play tennis after softball practice just for fun, me and my dad. Um, and then after that, we would go to uh, church choir practice because <laughs> he also sang. We did a lot of like duets together and stuff when I was little. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of our people that we went to church with remember, remember me that way. <laughs> It seems like he was very involved with you. And that's, 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 that's important for, oh, a, daughter, yeah. for a daughter, oh, for, for sure. sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how, like when he spent time with you, did you guys feel like a bond there? Like the more he spent time with you, did he like when you're with him, right. Mm -hmm. During those times, you know, cause I've had a past guest talk about how daughters need relationship before they yeah. ever have any structure. Right. Mm -hmm. So with that relationship with him building it, you know, just spending time with you and, you know, getting to understand you better, you know what I mean? Uh, letting you know that you're important to him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That probably just really drew you to him. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's natural to be a daddy's girl. I mean, that's a saying for a reason, but, mm -hmm. but yeah, for him to invest so much into me and spend so much time with me also, really drew me to him, like you said. And, um, yeah, it gave us a special bond. And, um, and another thing that really, I, uh, gave us a special bond was like, he, my dad's adopted. Mm. Um, and so my, my sister looks like my mom and I look like my dad. So for him, you know, I'm the older one and, and I'm the first person that he knew that actually looked like him. So that was always really special for us, I think. And I, and, um, he told me that before, you know, like, oh, you're the first person that I saw that looked like me. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I just love that, that we can share that. It's funny how that goes. Cause like my daughter, Nakota, she looks exactly like me, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she's hard-headed just like me and man, yep. both, <laughs> both her and I, we just butt heads, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm totally stubborn like my dad too, but, uh, <laughs> but but we have like the same uh, general beliefs in politics so that helps so we don't argue too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> that that's good though it's it, yeah it, you know what I mean just goes to show that he had that much influence on you you know what I mean oh definitely <laughs> now do you think that influence from a father like that is is based upon him being able to spend time with you do you think oh that's... yeah yes okay. I think time is the ultimate expression of love Mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah if you don't give anybody time then you they don't know that they're loved so mm -hmm. I think there's all the time that he poured into me and he was always you know he coached my baseball teams all throughout my childhood for my sister too he coached her baseball and soccer teams and he didn't know how to play soccer so I mean mm -hmm. he's just picking things up and helping out where he needed to you know where he was needed mm -hmm. and it's crazy because I had a, another past guest who he was like 13 out of 14 kids, great friend of mine, huh. and they didn't have much growing up, right? Mm -hmm. But what he what, what caught me is that, at, like you, the dad was always there. Yeah. You know, they didn't have much at all, but the dad was always there, whether it be for football or for wrestling or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, he, he spent that quality time, you know? Yeah, yep. It seems like these days, though, like fathers are so busy and mothers are so busy that mm -hmm. they try to placate their children by giving them devices. Yeah. Yes. For you know, sure. like if that's going to suffice for their time not spent with them, you know what right, I mean? Right. Right. 
it's it's not a good substitute. It's not a no. It can never replace the parents' love for sure, or the or just the lessons that you learn from them. I mean, I just learned so many valuable lessons from my dad too. Mm-hmm. What are some of those lessons you learned, if you don't mind? Um, well, I guess I would get to this, but you know, just to always give it my all, you know, and and always work hard. Um, you know, he was always just like adamant about, okay, if you're going to go try out for this team, then, you know, I want you to like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like if your coach is saying, all right, come on in, you're running in to meet your coach. You're not dragging your feet, dawdling in, you're going to run there and you're going to be the first one there. And, you know, and, and that always helped in that. And I stood out because that, even if I wasn't very good at that sport, you know, they wanted me on the team because they knew I was going to. I was going to listen and I was going to try my hardest. Mm. Yeah, for sure. You know, just that hustle that what your mm-hmm. father teaches you and stuff like that. That's, those are all adamant qualities, yeah. you know, that, that only a father can teach really. Right. You know, yeah. that that's, that's one of the things about a father that I think people, even fathers tend to, to not understand is you are so important. Yeah. You know, whether it be for your growth and development of your children or for protection or for being, a, you know, for provision or whatever, we have so many roles and so many hats that we got to wear. And a lot of times we don't give ourselves credit for how important we actually are. You know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Do you think that that's one of the the, the things in, that's happening in society today that our roles are being diminished and, you know, with like shows like the Simpsons or even Al Bundy where the father kind of is like this oaf, you know what I mean? And yeah, not really taken serious. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that my parents taught me a lot about, you know, they went through the whole love and respect series mm-hmm. and talked about, talked about the importance of, you know, a woman needs love and a man needs respect. Well, yeah, these characters aren't getting any respect and they don't, and they aren't really do a lot of respect because they are kind of, you know, like you said, kind of goofy characters that, oh, never get it right or just shouldn't be taken seriously. And yeah, I do think that diminishes the, the father's place in the household. I wanted to ask you, Sarah, how did your father interact with your mother? And how do you think that influenced your choice for a husband? <laughs> um, so my dad has pretty much always treated my mom like a princess, um, <laughs> which there's good and bad things about that. Right. Um, he's, he opened doors for her all the time. Um, he gets whatever she needs when she needs it. Um, so when I went out looking for a mate, um, I think I had that same vision in mind. Right. But, um, I, you know, I wanted someone who would treat me like a princess, which that's what my name means by the way. So my parents always tease me about that. Oh, I'm wow. like, well, you, I'm like, well, you're the ones who named me that. So <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want me to come become some princess, which I don't think I am, but I'm like, well, then you shouldn't have named me that. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but um, yeah, so I, I thought I wanted that, but it's not really what I needed. Um, and then mm-hmm. comes my husband, Chris, who we call Spanky. That's his been his nickname forever mm-hmm. from the little rascals. Um, and he, he, it's, he's treated me great for sure. Um, he's a great gift giver, super romantic, affectionate, but he, he doesn't open doors and he does not hold my purse or luggage. That's not happening. Hmm. Right. <laughs> but I have really come to appreciate that over the years because, um, it's made me so much stronger and more independent and it's prepared me for this lifestyle as a line wife, you know, like if I had someone catering to me all the time, I, I wouldn't be capable of doing some of the things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. So. No. And, and I think also too, it just comes with the territory because I don't do those things really either for, yeah. my, for my wife. Right. Um, but I think, like you said, she always tells me that it's toughened her up, you know, even mm-hmm. being, being on the road and being out of town, which is extremely hard for her all the yeah. time, you know, um, it really toughened her up. I mean, right. my wife had to learn how to chop wood and like make kindling and stuff like yep. that to heat the house. Cause we live, yep. we, we used to live in the country, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it definitely got her out of her comfort zone mm-hmm. to where she had to learn how to stand on our own two feet, literally. Yes. Yeah. You know? But I, I definitely see that, you know, being a lineman and just seeing that we're in our trade as linemen, everybody's got to carry their own weight. Yeah, for sure. 
you know, if you're, if you're a, you know, a slouch or whatever, you're not going to last long on that crew. You know, they're yep. going to, they're going to give you those checkies and see, you, <laughs> <down the road. laughs> you know, yep. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but that, but that's really cool to see that that is to see how that level of influence that your father had on you kind of helped you to find your husband, your mate now, you know what I mean? What, what else did you pick out like characteristics that you picked out in your husband that you see your, your father? <laughs> oh, my husband doesn't want to hear this, but <laughs> I'm say that all the time. Oh, that's like my dad. He's like, don't say that, <laughs> but he loves my dad. He, you know, he thinks he's a, a great guy, of course, but, um, yeah, he, the sense of humor is big for me. My dad's really, my dad's goofy. He's a total goofball. Um, my husband is goofy with a little more refined sense of humor, I think, or maybe something that I appeals more to me in our generation. Right. So mm-hmm. he's just a funny guy and he's super quick witted. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that I, I just had to have. I had to have somebody funny that I could laugh with or laugh at, or that would laugh at me. <laughs> especially, especially when times get hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just being on that right away, you know, we got to, you know, days suck sometimes, you know, long, hard days and, you know, someone will crack a joke or something like that. And then next, you know, everybody's laughing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that your husband, like, you know, carries that into your guys' relationship with that wittiness, like you're talking about and just keeps things fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lighthearted. Yep. Yep. You know, I, I think more than ever, people are too stern. You know, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself, you know, where, everything's you know my, my wife called it lineman mode so i'd come home and i'd just be like we need to do this 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 don't waste it moves blah 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 blah. and she'd be like hey man i'm not your apprentices uh, yeah <laughs> you know you need to you need to chill out you know yeah but, but uh you got to definitely have that balance you know yeah for sure <laughs> what are uh other than what you discussed earlier, what are some other things that your father taught you that you carry with you today as far as decisions and stuff like that that you've made? Um, well, I would say definitely my faith is one of them. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, my, my dad, my parents are both um, Christians and I grew up in a strong Christian household. So um, they definitely instilled me with faith. Um, and I've always returned to that. You know, of course, I've strayed over the years at college course people mm-hmm. kind of go off the deep end there um mm-hmm. i'm no different than that but uh from anyone else but yeah you know i came back to it and just it's always there and i know you know i know that's that's a total foundation in my life and and i wouldn't have it without my dad um and his leadership and guidance in our household mm-hmm. and is your husband a believer as well or he is um but he he pushed me to make my faith my own and like really mm-hmm. not just believe because my parents taught me to, but mm-hmm. to really like have a deeper understanding and like ask questions. He's, he has, he's very curious and has lots of questions. Um, and that's challenged me to question a lot of things too, in a good way. You know, I mean, God mm-hmm. can handle our questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. you know, um, yeah, it's just taught me to question things and, 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 and search a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that like i said man i just gotta commend you that you and your husband you know that your husband challenges you that way oh yeah you know? it, it's crazy because you say these things and it's like yep he's a lineman you know what I mean? <laughs> you know as linemen we ask a lot of questions yeah yeah good 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 linemen do anyways, yes you know what right I mean? yeah um, yeah we're not we're not too uh proud to say hey i don't know what this is you know yeah you know, explain to me, I want to know why, why is it doing this? You know what I mean? Right. Right. And that's, uh, that's admirable. It yeah. really is. So hats off to your husband for that, you know? Yeah. And he's taught me a lot. Cause I mean, I struggle with that because I, I, I am prideful <laughs> and I mm-hmm. don't like to ask a lot of questions, even though I'm a journalist, you would think that I would like to ask more questions, but you know, I just, uh, that's a, that's a struggle for me. It's always mm-hmm. been one. <laughs> what made you go into journalism? Um, I just always loved to write. Um, mm-hmm. and I just, from like seventh grade, probably I would say I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, and I just started going down that road. I was in, I worked on all the school newspapers from junior high through high school, got into college, was on the student newspaper there all through college. Um, 
And I just, yeah, I loved writing and I loved telling people's stories. And I've always just wanted to give um, a voice to the voiceless, I guess. Mm. That's been my passion. Um, I used to write this coffee column in college that was so fun. I would like roll up to Starbucks or whatever coffee shop in town and just pick a random person and sit down with them and just ask them their story. And then I would share it in our little weekly column and, and people loved it. It was so cool. It was just, it was a neat thing though. Cause it was terrifying for me. I was so scared to talk to this random person and, mm-hmm. and try to get their story out of them. But, um, but they always ended up being this, the neatest stories, um, from just so many unique people. We all have a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, for sure. We all do have stories. And, uh, I, I gotta agree with you because, I mean, I never thought I'd be doing this. I mean, we started last, when was it? Last January as we did Mm -hmm. our first podcast and it was out of my bedroom at our old (laughs) home on an old dingy laptop with (laughs) one foot on the door, hoping the kids didn't come in and, you know, start (laughs) fighting, you know, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, until, until where we're at now with the radio station and, you know, different Mm -hmm. sponsors and stuff like that. Um, it's, it's really cool though, but to get back to what you're saying, people have stories and mm-hmm. I love being able to mine that story out of them. Yes. You know what I mean? And it, it takes work. Oh yeah. It really does being able to ask them questions and get them past mm-hmm. their, their comfort zone and stuff like that, you know? Yep. Yeah. Again, you have to ask good questions and mm-hmm. listen, it's, I mean, people don't, that's not really a, a technique that we have very much anywhere. Like listening is not, um, it's a lost art, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my board members, cause we're a nonprofit. He told me, he's like, David, he's like, oh, now you're doing your podcasts. He's like, but what you got to understand is podcasting isn't about talking. It's about listening. And I didn't understand him at first, but mm-hmm. I totally agree with him now, especially what I've learned about just listening. You know, people have the tendency of just wanting to talk and not listen, right? It's almost like right. they're setting up the question mm-hmm. or they're, they're listening only to answer and hear themselves talk, if that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And they're just ready to say the next thing but Mm -hmm. they didn't actually hear what you said. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like you were maybe listening, but I don't think you really heard me. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I turn uh, my brain off on autopilot sometimes and do the same thing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My my wife does that to me sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When you start talking line work to her, is that it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh Uh-huh. You know, my uh, husband starts saying, I'm like, uh, what did you say? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Did he, uh, I'm sure like driving down poles, he's like, oh, I built that one. I built oh, that one. Always. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, had a, I had a guy tell me the other day, cause we're, you know, that's one of the jokes as a line wife is that their husbands are always talking about, oh, I built this pole. I was on top of that pole and stuff. Right. <laughs> and it, it's a level of pride. You oh know, yeah. Say, Hey, I did that. It looks good. You know? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and, uh, he got upset. The guy got upset. He was a young guy, of course, you know, Yeah. you know, he's a one County boomer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he got upset and he's like, Oh, your, your wife doesn't appreciate you telling her about, you know, all the lines you built. It's boring her to death and yada, yada. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's not about that. It's about having pride in your job. You know, it's yeah. about having pride in your work and what you've done. And, a light, a good line wife will know that and understand that. Yeah, for you know? sure. So, but, yeah, uh, and I do appreciate that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken pictures of him with poles that he's really proud of before. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. What inspired you to write that tiny tradesman book that we're talking about? Um, well, you know, my husband that we've been talking about for, for one, um, mm-hmm. Uh, I just, like I said, I really admire his hard work and, and Uh I see the pride he has in the trade. Um, and he truly loves his job. I mean, how many people can you really say that about Mm -hmm. anymore? Um, but the idea was also sparked, um, by a conversation with my childhood best friend. Um, she has two young boys and neither her nor her husband 
are very handy. That's what she says. Not, I don't say that about them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but she wants the boys to be exposed to other career opportunities. Um, so we just started talking about the trades one day and she expressed her desire to open her boy's eyes to that world. And I, a light bulb went off, you know, and I just was like, Oh, you know, I could maybe do a children's book series, which that was never, I never had that idea or that thought before, because I mean, I don't have kids. So I just didn't think that mm-hmm. I was qualified for that job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also have a four-year-old nephew, um, who, who loves to build and, and watch things work. And, and I just love to watch him. He's so curious and, you know, the way he studies things. Um, so I also wanted to write it for him and for all the other kids out there who prefer to work with their hands and might not be meant for life behind a desk. <laughs> mm. So is that why you're so passionate about teaching these young children about the trades, you know, like as an option to college? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it is. And I do think that um, there's more than one way you can be successful. I think that it's um, a huge lie to tell kids that the only way they're going to be successful is to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I went to college, but that's because I knew I wanted to be a writer and that was the avenue that I chose. And it was the right option for me. Maybe, uh, it's way more expensive than when I went and I don't know if I would do it again today. Um, and just some of the weird things that are happening in universities right now, but, um, it's just not a good option for everybody. So we need to like make that, we need to broaden the conversation and, you know, tell kids that, they, they have other options out there that the trades are definitely a great option mm-hmm. and we can't make this world work without the trades. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I agree with you. We're the backbone of America, you know, all the blue, sure. collar, blue collar men and women out there that are, that are working, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's crazy how it's, I remember growing up, you know, garbage men were garbage men, you know, they mm-hmm. rode on the back of the trucks, they, you know, they would get off and they look cool. They're right on the back. Like where I grew up, they're right on the back of the trucks, right? They yeah. jump off, they pick up the trash, throw it in there and just jump back on the back of the truck, you know? And, you know, that's kind of the way they did it. And all of a sudden that disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then like all kinds of different trades just started, you know, I don't know if it was automate automation or what it just, oh yeah, just started going away you know, and, right. and then everybody wanted to go to school. I'm guilty of that. I, I have a, a degree in computer networking, you know, yeah. when I, when I got out of the military and I, I hated being inside. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely hated. I, I was yeah. freaking out, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, and kudos to the people that can do that. I mean, we need them. Oh too, yeah. You know? Right. For sure. Yeah. I, I don't discount people that get, um, get a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that the trade should be discounted either. I wonder though, like, where did it go to where a blue collar person, like now it's the trends. I'm sure you've noticed it, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Now it's cool to be blue collar. Now you have all these blue collar, you know, the trade brand, you have a a blue collar heroes. You got all these different clothing lines and everything, you know, um, different, different clothing lines, you know, supporting the trades, you know? Right. And it's actually turning cool again. Yeah. But back in like, I think it was like the nineties, it was just like, that ain't cool. You don't, you know, you need to go to school and yeah, yada, yada, you know, I wonder why that was right. I mean, I think there's still some of that, but, um, I don't know. I think there's just such a push with, there's a college is a big moneymaker too. So Mm. I think that's the push really is to, I mean, all the millions of dollars and student loans and debt student loan debt that we have in this country um mm. yeah a lot of that's uh kickback the government gets a lot of kickback from that so i think mm-hmm. there's a vested interest in getting kids into the university system <laughs> no i agree with you with that 100 <laughs> percent um we uh i always talk to a couple of my friends who have all kinds of like student loans and stuff and right they're always telling me they're like man if this student loan forfeits they still have a insurance on it to where they still recoup their money. Uh-huh. So it's almost like a two, four, you know, yeah. what I mean? they get paid twice on that. Right. Loan. It's, it's a money-making gimmick. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it, it ain't no different than big pharmacy, big, big, uh, you know, 
big companies, you know, the internet companies and Google and all them, you know, it's all the same thing. It's just, mm-hmm. everybody has their hands in the cookie jar. You know? yep. yep. Greed is something that cannot be quenched. Nope. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, now I wanted to talk to you a little bit about being on the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some of the benefits you experience as a line wife living on the road? Um, well, just outside of the road. Well, I guess this is the road too. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. we've had, uh, tons of exploration. Like we get to travel all over, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a huge benefit. Um, just the, the line life in general and doing contract stuff. Um, it really has freed us up to travel the world as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you mentioned earlier, um, Spank and I have been to 40 countries and just had so many awesome adventures. Um, and the trade made that possible because mm-hmm. we are able to save up lots of cash and take off months at a time and then go right back to work within a few days. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's just perfect for the lifestyle that we want to live, you know? That's crazy. 40 countries. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are some of the, like the, what are some of the, the most unique countries you've been to? If you don't mind. Um, unique. Uh, well, as far as like my favorite countries, I mm-hmm. would say, I don't know about unique, but, um, New Zealand was, is one of my favorite countries. Um, mm. it's really beautiful, like super outdoorsy. Um, it's just, yeah, it's pretty, you can hike. We've hiked everywhere there. Um, I love Chile, uh, Patagonia area as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I used to do like we, so our first trip that we did, we had we lived in Northeast Washington and, um, we had 80 acres in Elk, Washington, which is North of Spokane. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was finishing his apprenticeship up there at the PUD. And I was working at Gonzaga university, uh, in the athletic department doing their communications. And we, it, it snowed like crazy snow that winter and the last winter. And I was going crazy. I was like, I can't live here anymore. This place mm. sucks. <laughs> cabin, like cabin fever. Oh my gosh. There's like four <laughs> feet of snow on my birthday, April 21st. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not doing this anymore. So I was laying on the floor crying. My husband's like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, let's go somewhere, wherever. And it was, it was actually Easter weekend too. We just bailed on our family. We're like, we're going to wow. go somewhere. He's like, pick a place. They're like, okay, I just want to go to Cannon Beach, Oregon. That's like a fun, nice, calm place. So we drove to Cannon Beach and stopped in Portland on the way to visit my my best friend from childhood. And she was telling us about uh, a friend and her husband who had just traveled, were on a trip, a nine-month trip around the world. And we heard that, my husband and I, and we're like, whoa, that's cool. And then on our way home from this road trip to Cannon Beach, we were both like, man, that would be so cool if we could travel around the world like that. And Mm. then we started thinking like, well, why can't we, you know, like you're about to get your journeyman ticket and I can just quit my job. You know, I mean, Mm. I I love my job, but it's, it's a job, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. So I didn't really care. It was like, okay, if we can go on this awesome adventure, I'd rather do that. (laughs) So we started planning and we decided, you know, we were going to parcel off our 80 acres Um, my husband and his dad did some logging to thin and pay the bills. And, um, and then a year later we planned, we were going to sell it all off and travel around the world for seven months. And that's what we did. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That was our very first venture out the door. And like, yeah, we traveled around the world for seven months and, um, I haven't looked back, (laughs) man. It seems like it, uh, I mean, definitely, you know, it's a life of adventure, right? Oh yeah. And that is so cool. Um, with that being said, you know, it seems like you guys like to like do a lot of hiking, you know, you talked about a little bit about Patagonia and stuff like that. Were you guys into like trekking before or, um, no, not a lot really. Um, and and then somehow it just happened. It's, uh, we, you know, we did our first initial trip and, you know, we did all the touristy things we were supposed to do. All, we ticked all the boxes, right? Like, oh, we got to go to the Louvre in Paris. And we got to go all these museums. I mean, by the time we were done in France, we were like, uh, no more museums, please. I'm so over it. Mm-hmm. So, but we both realized like, we want to be outside and in nature. That's where, where we are the most happy. And that's where we feel the most alive. So 
it's really, that's what turned us on to hiking and, you know, doing more of the outdoor stuff. I mean, my husband always grew up doing all the outdoor stuff. Like he grew up hunting and fishing and mm. doing all that, you know, so that was natural to him. Um, but, but yeah, just adding, adding more of it into our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. That that's really cool that he, uh, was able to find a trade where it is so totally just fits his type of persona and stuff like that. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, me and my, my younger brother too, he was a lineman as well. Um, we grew up hunting and fishing and we're pretty rambunctious as children, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and then all of a sudden we're both linemen as well, you know, uh-huh. um, you know, so it's, it's really cool to see, you know, we are definitely cut from the same cloth, you know, yes. I mean? as, as, as linemen and his brothers, you know, yeah. which is really cool. Um, with, uh, did you guys go to Chichen Itza at all? Yes, we have been to Chichen Itza. Okay, cool. How'd you guys um, like that? It was cool. Yeah. Um, we actually, that was like our, probably our first, one of mm-hmm. our, one of our first international trips before that big trip. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my husband's aunt has like a timeshare thing down in Mexico. So we do that a lot. Um, but yeah, we've, yeah, we've done a lot of awesome hikes too. Just, you know, uh, we've hiked Machu Picchu, um, which is pretty cool in Peru. Oh yeah, for sure. My wife always talked about Machu Picchu and stuff like yeah, that. That's yeah. the one that's like, it's the, the ruins that are up in the, the Andes, correct? That's really, yes. really high. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so the, the highest pass you go over, it's called dead woman's pass, <laughs> which wow. doesn't really b- build a lot of morale, you know, No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about 14,500 feet. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's, that's the highest I've been. Um, well, I've been there and then we also hiked in the Himalayas mm-hmm. in Nepal and, uh, we went to the, to do the Annapurna circuit and, oh. uh, um, the highest there is, is the same as Everest base camp. We were supposed to go over this pass, the wrong mm-hmm. law pass that was like 17,000 something feet, but we got to like the spot right before that. And it was like 14,000 something. And then I got sick. We had to turn around. So that was a bummer. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, that's crazy that you guys have been to so many great places like that. Yeah. That's, that is so amazing. That That's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, so we talked about the benefits, right? Those are some of the benefits right. of living on the road. What are some of the challenges you have to overcome as a line wife? Um, I would say there's been a lot of uh, lonely moments on the road, Uh you know, my husband, we're in the RV, so I go where he goes. So it's not like he doesn't come home every night. He usually comes home every night and is in his own bed unless there's storm or something. Um, but just during the day, you know, finding, finding my own way around new places and, and making friends. And, um, that's always difficult when you're first starting out. Um, and then also just like having to reinvent yourself constantly. Um, I'm not somebody who can just like sit around So, so I have to go find something to do. Um, so it was always finding like new opportunities and challenges for myself. Um, so I've done like freelance writing for a gold mining magazine. Um, like I said, I worked at Gonzaga for a while. I poured wine in Lodi. Uh, I got my personal trainer's license. Um, and then I wrote another book that was actually a travel, a travel memoir about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I, you just have to stay busy. That's, that's something that I've had to overcome is just like the, mm-hmm. the quiet moments of, okay, now what, now what, now what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that affects everybody. I mean, cause like, I never really understood, you know, like when my wife, she'd complain about being home and I'd, I'd tell her, I'd be like, man, you got it made. Yeah. How, how right? many, how many friends do you have that know that <laughs> they can stay home with their kids. They don't have to work and their husbands exactly. can go to work. And, you know, as husbands, that's what we think. Right. Uh huh. Right. And then I stayed home one time because you know, <laughs> my, my wife wanted to really go to work. Mm-hmm. So I, I let her go to work. I was like, okay, you go to work. Let's see how you like it. You know, and yep. our, re- our roles reversed. Right. And it was crazy, man. I have never worked <laughs> so hard in my entire life. You know, I, I had three kids is in the midst of COVID. Uh, it was during the lockdown, the pandemic. So now oh, I'm, man. I'm like basically homeschooling these kids. They're on, <laughs> they're on zoom. Right. But yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it was, it was insane, you know? Yeah. And I, I just, 
take my hats off to all the women out there who, who do that for us, you know, cause we couldn't do what we do without you guys for sure. Right. Yeah. You know, um, with that being said, you know, um, you talked about like staying busy, right? Mm-hmm. Staying busy. Okay. Now my wife always talks about like, cause she, she goes through that too, where she's like, even now, like, you know, we, we live in Southern California now and she's at home and yeah, the kids again. And now she's like, man, I don't have no friends, you know, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, and like you said, I like that reinvent yourself. You, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Cause you know, she don't know anybody here or nothing like that. And yeah, it's like, what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you do? Like for her, she stays busy, right? Cause she's got to do with the foundation and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So she, she gets all the guests and everything like that and gets all it all lined down. That's a lot of work on itself. Right. You know, but I think for her, it's more about like having friends. Like, she's just like, man, I really don't know anybody out here and don't have friends. How did you cope with that? Like, <laughs> you know, or is oh. that something you still struggle with, you know, when you go to a different area? Yeah. Well, my husband picked off on women for me. <laughs> we have this I, I do the same thing <laughs> yeah I think this is a there's a theme here I guess a lot of husbands do this I don't know I didn't know this is mm-hmm. happening everywhere but yeah when we first were in my my oldest friend here in like Placerville area now where which is where we are now mm-hmm. um uh I met her when we first we had a house here for a little while like mm, like 10 years ago or so mm-hmm. and we would go to this restaurant it was the closest restaurant to our house that we had at the time and this gal was there and she was our, our server and, um, she seemed really nice, whatever, but I went to the bathroom <laughs> and I didn't know this was happening, but apparently when I went to the bathroom, my husband was like, Hey, my wife needs some friends. Will you be her friend? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't tell me that for a while, you know, afterwards, cause I uh-huh. would have been totally mortified. Like, Oh my gosh, seriously. But, <laughs> um, but she's super sweet, you know? So I come back and she was like, Hey, she's like, do you need, do you have any friends here? I was like, no, I don't. She's like, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. She goes, me too. Let's be friends. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay. And we've been friends ever since. And she's just like the sweetest person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some of those have been like random and she's introduced me to people. Um, and then just getting out into, you know, working in the gym, getting out there and, working at, uh, wineries and getting out there and meet, I just meet people there. And then also like, um, a lot of times, you know, you end up in parks with other line wives, um, Mm -hmm. which doesn't always happen, but man, when it does, it's like such a huge blessing. Like they're just, it's just so fun to be in that community. Like we, we were in a park in Sonora a couple years ago and there were like probably five or six other line couples there. And man, we just, we just like did life together, you know? Like yeah. we had potlucks all the time and birthday parties and watch Super Bowl together. And, and it was just, it was so much fun. And then I did like a little, you know, boot camp for the moms, for the line wives and, you know, brought all the babies and laid them on the grass, wherever, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, you just, you just have to figure it out. You just have to find your way. It's not always easy, but, mm-hmm. but there's people, there's other lonely people out there. <laughs> yeah for sure yeah especially no, line wives <laughs> yeah it's, it seems like it comes with the trade you know and right uh, it's it's crazy you know um so it sounds like you have you're you're a busy person right I mean yes. you don't let anything really stop you I mean you're a porter you know you, you've done all kinds of stuff you went to Gonzaga you know you've <laughs> done so many different things on your bucket list yeah you know um how do you navigate your dreams around your husband's schedule how does that work (laughs) oh um I laugh about this because I'm like uh it's it's more like how do I get my husband to work with all the with all the (laughs) dreaming and travel he has in mind like Uh um I'm actually I'm just really blessed that my husband um works hard but he wants to play harder uh so he always has to have something on his calendar to look forward to at least every couple months, if not every couple of weeks. So it's, yeah, it's really more like planning, um, when he's going to work and making sure we get enough work in our season <laughs> and not too much play I'm like, okay, babe, you got to go back to work now. Cause we're out of money. 
<laughs> like we just spent all of our money traveling for four months. So back to work. <laughs> that's the, but I mean, that's such a great thing though. We have that option. Yeah. As oh, linemen, for sure. You know, um, that's crazy that he plays hard like that. And that's, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's really cool. And I, I think just to, you know, agree with what he, what he, his, his thoughts on that are, <laughs> is that as men, we got to have a goal. Yeah. You have to have an end in sight. Yep. If not, you just work yourself to, to the bone and then you're, oh, a, yeah. you're a slave to the job, you know? And yeah, there's a lot of husbands, a lot of linemen, a lot of fathers that are out there doing that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You he's, know? I mean, he's definitely anom- an anomaly in the trade, I think, because mm-hmm. any guy could do what, you know, any, anybody could do what we do and travel all the time, but a lot of people don't, they just get so sucked in and, um, just, you know, all the money is great. So it's mm-hmm. hard to turn down. And when you think about it, you know, in terms of, well, if I take off, I'm not getting paid then, well, that's just a dangerous slippery slope too. Mm-hmm. Then you're just counting all the dollars you're losing while you're on vacation, which mm-hmm. is a bad way to spend vacation. <laughs> no, for sure. Cause your mind's always out, you know, yeah. elsewhere. Oh, um, I, sh- I could have been working. I could have made <laughs> three, three grand this week, whatever, you know, it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. don't think like that. <laughs> No, for sure. And it is, it, it does trouble you like that, you know, where mm-hmm. you're, you're looking at it from a stance of, man, do I take this job or do I go and work and make five to six grand a week? Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. It's, it's crazy, you know? Yeah. And you have to make money. I mean, that's the reality, but mm-hmm. how much do you have to make, you know, like have a cutoff, like, do, how do you really, you know, do you need 1 million? Do you need 2 million? Do you need 5 million? What's going to really make you happy? <laughs> or right. And again, what's going to make you happy? Is it really going to be the money or is it going to be the time that you spent with your family, getting to see your kids play their, you know, baseball games or whatever, or Mm -hmm. building relationships with your friends? Like, I mean, a lot of our trips are just really building relationships because we have, we just have so many amazing friends all over, you know, from Alaska to California and Washington and across the country. And we are constantly trying to invest and make sure that we're spending time with those people um, and just keeping those relationships alive and thriving. And that that's amazing though, you know what I mean? Cause you're touching the lives of so many people just even through this podcast being on here through your book and just traveling, you know what I mean? That's, that's a ministry if you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> you know, um, do you and your husband plan to have children later on or? Um, I don't know. The verdict's still out on that. Uh, we've always said since like the day we got married, I think we've been like, Oh, maybe in five years, maybe in five years. And, Mm -hmm. and it's been 15 years that we've been married now. So, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. Um, we totally, we love kids. Um, and like I said, we have all these friends who most of them have kids now. So we have tons of kids in our lives that we just love and cherish and, get to pour into their lives. And, um, and we have three awesome nephews that we adore. Um, and we do, we try to invest in, in the kids in our lives, lives. Uh, we actually started something, uh, probably, what is it like six years ago now, I guess. Um, I had heard about a woman who she's a a travel blogger that I follow and Um, she did something called the niece project where she was going to, she didn't, she wasn't married, didn't have any kids. And she was going to take each one of her nieces on a trip, um, anywhere in the world when they turned 15, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I were like, well, that's an awesome idea. We don't have kids, but we would love to, you know, get some of the kids in our lives to get out and travel and, and, and also like grow our relationships with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we decided we would take my husband has a half brother and half sister who are younger than him. And then all, all of our nephews, we said we would take them on a trip of their choosing anywhere in the world when they turn 15. So, so we've taken two so far. We took his sister to Africa when she was 15. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just so amazing and just really like solidified our relationship with her. I mean, cause Mm. you know, we would just see him at holidays and not really, and they're quiet kids, you know, they didn't really talk a lot. So then we're like, Oh, Hey, here we are in this, uh, hut in Africa. Now, now you kind of have to talk to us because we're stuck here together for mm-hmm. a couple weeks, <laughs> but, um, yeah, we had an amazing time. And then we took his half brother, um, 
a couple years back to French Polynesia. Um, and so we did, you know, like mm-hmm. Tahiti, Bora Bora, all those, it was, it was an awesome trip as well. So, you know, we don't have kids, but we try to really invest in the kids that we, mm-hmm. that we do have in our lives. <laughs> and it's so important too. you. I mean, cause like just looking back, right. Mm-hmm. And growing up, my father, you know, he was a blue collar dad. Yeah. Didn't have a lot of money, but he would save him and my mom would both save. And every summer, every summer, without a doubt, we would go on vacation. I mean, we saw Mount Rushmore. We saw yeah. Yosemite. We went to uh, Chateau Lake Louise. I've been to Canada four times. Yeah. You know, we were everywhere. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we were like the Griswolds. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, he would take us. I mean, that was his deal. He would save money. Yeah. And then he would take us. And then I'd come back and I'd share it with the with the kids uh, I went to school with. And, man, they would have these eyes. They'd be looking at me like, <laughs> man, I wish I was you. And you know what I mean? Yeah. At the time, you know, it made you feel good. And you're like, oh, yeah, my daddy did this or whatever. But now thinking about it, I mean man, those little kids, you know, they probably wanted to go too. you know? Yeah. Yeah. What a, an awesome experience that you're providing for the people that are around you, the the children that are around you. I mean, that, that is really cool. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's cool that we're just blessed to be able to do that. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this book. Okay. Yeah. Now, if you could share with our audience, you're going to do a book giveaway. Is that what I understood this, this week? Correct? Yes. Yep. I, I posted on Instagram. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you just like tiny tradesmen, like the show up dad, and then share that post, um, you will be entered, uh, into the drawing for a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that will be the drawing will be next Sunday, I believe. Right. Correct. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, guys, this is David with the show up dad. I just want to thank my guest, Sarah, for coming on here. Thank you, Sarah. Tell your husband I said hello. And I, uh, I look forward to meeting you guys one of these days down the road. For um, sure. Thank you for coming on. I, I really appreciate what you had to say and just being able to open up and share with our audience about everything you do. Awesome. You're, you're an inspiration. I really oh, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And the line community has just been so awesome in their support. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Sarah. All right. Thanks. <laughs>